My name is Herb Montgomery, and I'm the director of Renewed Heart Ministries. We are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about rediscovering, following, and helping others rediscover the teachings and sayings of the historical Jesus of Nazareth. We believe that these teachings have an intrinsic value in informing the work of nonviolently confronting, liberating, and transforming our world into a safe, more just, more compassionate home for us all. If you would like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast. For now, we simply want to thank you for listening. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 182 of our Jesus for Everyone podcast. Our title this week is Woes Against Galilean Towns. Our feature text is Sayings Gospel Q 10, 13 through 15. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the wonders performed in you had taken place in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Yet for Tyre and Sidon, it shall be more bearable at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, up to heaven you will be exalted, and to Hades you shall come down. Our companion texts this week are Matthew eleven twenty one through twenty four. Woe to you, Chorazin! For you, but woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles uh, were performed in you that had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will be thrown down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Uh, Luke 10, 13 through 15, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. It will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, you... Will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. So this week has a lot of towns mentioned in it. So let's do some basic first century geography so that we don't get lost in our passage this week. Uh, First century Palestine geography, I'm going to put some links uh, to each one of these towns and this week's e-site, and I'm going to put a map there so that you can kind of get your bearings. Uh, Chorazin was a middle-sized city in Upper Galilee, and Bethsaida, to the best of our knowledge, was a a fishing polis near the the mouth of the the Jordan River on the northern side of the Sea of Galilee. Tyre was a, a Gentile maritime merchant, a Phoenician city that was captured by Alexander. Alexander the Great in, in 332 BCE, and then by uh, the Greek Seleucids, and they had it from about 316 BCE to 125 BCE. And the Roman Empire conquered it then in 64 BCE. So it was a, a Roman providence, but it was Gentiles, kind of maritime uh, merchant. Uh, the city. Uh, Sidon was an ancient Gentile Phoenician city. With a, it had a long history of being conquered repeatedly uh, by Assyrians, by Babylonians, Egyptians, Persians, Greeks, and then, and then finally the Romans. And it also belonged to to other negative ancient Hebrew narratives of of being 
other. It was uh, originally it was assigned to Asher, uh, but it was never subdued. You can find that in Judges one thirty one. And the Sidonians uh, they they oppressed Israel from ancient days. It says in Judges ten twelve. That was the narrative attached to the Sidonians. They had a long history of oppression of oppressing uh, the, the the Jewish people. And by the time of of David's narrative, uh, Sidon began to to wane and tire. It's and this is from Isaiah twenty three twelve. The way they used to refer to to these cities, Tyre was Sidon's virgin daughter, and it rose to to eminence. Uh, like I said, by the time of, of David's narrative, Solomon entered into uh, it said a, mer- a matrimonial uh, alliance with the Sidonians, and then also that became the the accused source of idolatrous worship in the land of Israel. And you can find that in First Kings eleven one and verse thirty three, and Jezebel, which was a um, had its own that name had its own narrative for the Jewish people and within Jewish culture in the first century. It was a, also a, a Sidon, she was a Sidonian princess, and then that's First Kings uh, sixteen thirty one. So so Sidon was a loaded uh, town to, to to mention by Jesus, a, a loaded city and a, a long history with the Jewish people. And Capernaum uh, was another fishing village on the north side of the Sea of Galilee, and it was a base for Jesus's ministry in the Gospels. James Robinson, in his volume The Gospel of Jesus, he explains how all of these towns relate to each other. And this is uh, uh, from the Kindle edition, location 2550. It says, Jesus developed on the north shore a small circuit of three villages, Capernaum, Bethsaida, and Chorazin. These towns uh, may also have been helpful. His base camp at Capernaum was still in Galilee, and it was ruled by Herod Antipas, who had put John, uh, John the Baptist, to death. Uh, But Capernaum was a a border town, and Jesus befriended the Roman centurion stationed nearby, and it was on the frontier of the territory of Philip, a less threatening ruler. Bethsaida, across the frontier just outside of Galilee, was in fact the capital of Philip's territory, so it may well have been politically safer, and it was also the the hometown of one of John's converts who became Jesus' first disciple, Andrew. Let's talk about rejection, Hades, and Sodom. The woes we encounter in this week's saying are addressed to the the primary towns that Jesus conducted his ministry in. His teachings about nonviolent enemy transformation, uh, peasant mutual aid, uh, community interdependence, resource sharing, and voluntary wealth redistribution from the rich. I can imagine. That, that those themes must have had about as much of a, a popularity or a popular acceptance back then as they do today. And as we've covered previously, I'm going to put a link to where we discussed this in the past in the East Side. The Hebrew prophets pronounced woes that announced or, or they warned of impending destruction on societies whose injustice and oppression were reaching a critical breaking point. It was no longer sustainable. 
sustainable. Our societies, I think, can learn from the path that that many uh, many were on, many the path that many followed in Palestine, and the Roman destruction that came as an intrinsic result forty years later. Today, we can learn from 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 that history. Violence used to solve the world's problems, uh, isolationism, uh, interdependence, and, and individualism, and and the growing global and national uh, wealth disparities. Those are all the same exact warnings to those today uh, who, who have eyes to see that the path that we're on cannot continue indefinitely. It's just not sustainable. It's not sustainable politically, uh, socially. It's not sustainable economically. And it's especially not sustainable environmentally. And just as Capernaum uh, did long ago, a society may consider its wealth a sign of being God-blessed and and heaven-bound. All the while, their riches are really uh, they're the fruit of ex- exploitation or a system of exploitation, and, and they're bound uh, for hell, rather, or Hades. And Jesus here is using, and I don't mean a post-mortem hell or Hades, I mean like destruction of Jerusalem hell or Hades. Uh, Jesus here is using uh, Hebrew prophetic liberation imagery, and, and this, this specific imagery is found in Isaiah 14. And though he's applying it to Capernaum, here's how we find it applied in Isaiah. On the day the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and turmoil and from the harsh labor forced on you, you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. How the oppressor has come to an end. How his fury has ended. The Lord has broken the rod of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers, which in anger struck down peoples with unceasing blows and in fury subdued nations with relentless aggression. All the lands are at rest and at peace. They break into singing. Even the junipers and the cedars of Lebanon gloat over you and say, now that you have been laid low, no one comes to cut Uh, us down. The realm of the dead below is all astir to meet you at your coming. It rouses the spirits of the departed to greet you, all those who were leaders uh, in the world. It makes them rise from their thrones. All those who were kings over the nations, they all respond. They will say to you, you you also have become weak as we are. You have become like us. All your pomp has been brought down to the grave, along with the noise of your harps. Maggots are spread out beneath you, and worms cover you. You, How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You who said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of, of Mount Zephon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But... You are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. That's Isaiah 14, 3 through 15. And I wonder... If Jesus were here in America today, uh, standing in the tradition of, of those old Hebrew prophets once again, if he would say similar things today about our societies here in the West, if he would pronounce uh, the same woes uh, against America and, and warn us of an exploitative system where individualism and, and isolationism and independence um, and, and great wealth dis- 
prosperity uh, has us on this path, this unsustainable path, where though we claim to be God-blessed, and uh, the question will be asked if, if we're really going to be lifted to the heavens and then the, the, the response come, then no, we will be thrust down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. The fact that Hades is even mentioned at all in this week's saying is evidence, if we go back to that first century context, it's evidence to many scholars that this is a Galilean saying. saying. Um, Galilee was more influenced by their Hellenistic neighbors than the Jewish community community of the south uh, of them in, 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 in uh, Judea. And Sayings Gospel Q was the collection of, of sayings cherished, believed to be cherished by the, the Jewish followers of Jesus in Galilee. And within the Hellenistic worldview, Hades was synonymous with death, like, like Isaiah that talks about the realm of the dead. Uh, and, and the dualism of a, a post-mortem heaven and hell, uh, those are late arrivals to the Jewish people of the first century. Many Jewish people subscribed in instead to more of an apocalyptic worldview. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But let's talk about Sodom in this section. Lastly, in regards to Sodom, uh, we discussed last week at length, and I'll put a, a link to that as well. But the Sodom story is just last week's e-site. You can just flip back and listen to last week's podcast. The Sodom story wasn't finished yet. Sodom was envisioned by Ezekiel as one day being fully restored. And as stigmatic as the, the narrative surrounding Sodom Sodom and its economic individualism with its its independent isolationist rejection of mutual aid and and in the story just basic hospitality to visitors and as well as immigrants uh, the day of judgment coming at the end of the apocalyptic age uh, in Jesus is saying it states would be more bearable uh, for it than for the Galilean communities Jesus is speaking to if they uh, continued to choose economically religiously and politically to to remain on the unsustainable path that they were presently on. And let's talk about that day of judgment for a moment within that apocalyptic worldview. We actually discussed in the, the article, uh, I think it was last year, might have been the end of the previous year. I'll put a link to it also. But uh, it was the, the, the Eastside entitled or the podcast entitled An End of the World Savior versus Present Liberator. Jewish apocalypticism, it looked forward to a day of judgment when all oppression, violence, and injustice in the world uh, here would be put right. Early Jewish followers of, of Jesus believed that his emergence in the Jewish community was the apocalyptic event that they were looking forward to. And, and there was much more uh, to this view, of course. Um, but, but the day of judgment, it was central. That was eminent to those who were listening to, to Jesus's words. It was right around the corner. The day of judgment was a day of, of great reversal regarding power and regarding resources. And on this day of, of things being put right, those in dominant positions of exploitative and, and oppressive power, uh, they would receive their due. And those who had been oppressed and subjugated, they would be liberated. And the Pharisees of the school of Shammai, they shared this view, except that their their definition of, of the oppressed and the subjugated or, or who would be liberated and, and rewarded would have focused on those 
uh, oppressed people who also faithfully practiced the school of Shammai's interpretation of the Torah. So it would have been they were the ones about to be liberated. Uh, Jesus, on the other hand, um, he enlarged his definition of those who were oppressed and soon to be liberated uh, to include the poor and the marginalized and the people labeled as as sinners by the, the followers of Shammai. And even the tax collectors, he included them as well. Jesus's group of oppressed and subjugated was much larger than the religious boundaries in place in his day. And Jesus taught the people that the day of things being made right, it was coming, and, and that they had to, to choose the way of putting things right, the, the manner in which things would be put right. They could either do it now or wait for the day of judgment to do it. And remember, Jesus' subversive empire of God was defined as people uh, taking care of people. And according to Jesus, those early followers were the ones through whom God would begin to put things right. And, and their choices and participation, uh, they were essential. If, again, there was this this way, um, they could either choose the hard way or they could choose um, a much less violent uh, um, upheaval, a, a much gentler way, rather. Um, it would still be difficult, but a much gentler way of, of putting things right if they would voluntarily choose it um, and now. So if, if we don't, um, let's talk about our present path for a moment. I, I don't believe that we're, that we here in America, that we can continue indefinitely on our present path. We are approaching a breaking point in our own history. And however uh, we interpret uh, where we're at today, I do believe that, that Jesus' 2,000-year-old Jewish sayings are, are intrinsically valuable and they're relevant to the challenges that we're facing in our society today, the path of, of nonviolence, the path of resource sharing, of uh, voluntary uh, wealth redistribution, mutual aid, the power of uh, interdependent communities. Uh, these teachings of Jesus represent a rich alternative uh, way uh, or ways of doing life that, that offer us uh, a different path for us. Uh, Jesus' teachings, uh, they teach us that the, the, the power and resources, um, the, the, those things are, are to be mutually shared. They're not to be wielded. Fear of the future and, and fear of one another and fear of, of those who are unlike ourselves, th- those things can be replaced. That fear can be replaced by mutual love and, and caring for one another, a greed, racism, and hierarchies, and a myriad of, of phobias toward others, they don't have to be our driving societal forces. For us, if we don't choose an alternate path as a society, then, then not too far in the future, the, the saying Jesus shares in our verses this week could be said of us as well. The woes that he once uttered towards communities who chose to remain on their path uh, until it was too late they could also apply to us in his historical context. It was not until after the people's bright hopes for the future were devastatingly decimated that they chose alternatives. Um, that, that was the history of the Jewish people. They choose um, many of the teachings of Jesus and many of the teachings of Hillel after the destruction of, of Jerusalem. They chose a much less gentle path uh, to get there. And we were, were brought to, um, to a crossroads this week. Change doesn't have to come through such violent upheaval. It could start today, here, now, with you and with me, if we'll choose it. And this year, we have been taking a close look 
at our, our best understanding of the sayings of Jesus. And like those who heard those sayings long ago, as I just said, we are brought to a crossroads. Those sayings are, are still recruiting people into the, um, the, the, the beloved community, rather. They're, they're still calling, calling, follow me. And here, once more, is our saying this week. And, and I think it'd be well to ponder it and, and what uh, lies on the path uh, before us, woe to you, Chorazin, for woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the wonders performed in you had taken place in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Yet for Tyre and Sidon, it shall be more bearable at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, up to heaven will you be exalted, and to Hades you will come down. That's Saints Gospel Q 10, 13 through 15. Heart group application this week. Uh, I want you to take a moment this week in your heart group to do something just for me. Number one, first, I want you to, all of you, please to sit in a circle. And then number two, invite each person to go around the circle and share one thing that they appreciate about everyone else in the circle. And then lastly, I want to encourage each person to then say something that they actually appreciate about themselves. This has been one of the most effective relationship building exercises we've done in our heart groups. And, and who knows, you may like it so much that you decide to begin incorporating it into your, your weekly um, 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 heart group uh, stuff that you do. Um, you may decide to, be, to, 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 to do it each week that you come together. But whatever your circumstances this week, um, thanks for checking in and, and for reading along with us, for listening along with us. Keep living in love, loving radically till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. once again for listening. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries, even our, our many educational events that we do in various venues is for free. If you'd like to support our work, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking on the Donate tab on the top right. Or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 24901. And make sure you also sign up for our free resources. And remember, every little bit helps. And, and as always, anything that we receive over and above our annual budget, we happily give away to other not-for-profits who are, are making both systemic and personal differences and significant differences in the lives of those who are not presently benefited by the status quo. And to those of you who are already supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, thank you so much. Your generous support makes it possible for us to exist and to continue being a presence for positive change in our world. So with all of our hearts, thank you. Together, we are making a difference till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. <laughs>